it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good evening sports fans and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Pat Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, is here. Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, the whole hee-haw gang in the uh, chair tonight. How are you guys doing? You okay, Matt? Yeah, doing well. Glad to be here. Miss the uh, fine folks at the Esquire, but uh, before we know it, uh, Scott and Bob, and you, Steve, as well, I will stay out of the sun in August. I'll let you guys go handle training camp coverage for Illinois football, but before we know it, we'll be back in downtown Champaign. At the Esquire. Been there, done that. We might uh, assign Bob and Scott to that task. Sure. Why not? <laughs> hey, I mean, maybe It doesn't maybe, have to come that Maybe quickly. we can get the Illinois football coach to come on. What do you about that? Just throwing shade in our first no, I'm show. I'm just asking. I'm just saying maybe he'll come on. We've asked. We're going to have one of, the, ask again. one of the assistant Illinois football coaches on this program coming up in about uh, 20 minutes. Rod Smith will join us to talk a little bit about the spring game. Unless was, Bob says something in the next 20 minutes that'll <laughs> make him mad. Rod Smith knows how I feel about him, so I, I'm a big fan. So are you saying if he came here, you'd give him like a man hug? Uh, probably. I certainly shake hands with him. Okay. He's a good guy. Really good dude. We do have the phone lines open, 356-9397. If you'd like to jump in, got to start. Uh, I don't see how there's any other way around it. Got to start talking about golf here on this uh, Monday and what Tiger Woods did yesterday and over the weekend was phenomenal, whether you like Tiger Woods or not. It was a big day for the game of golf. Some people think the biggest day in the history of the PGA Tour. I thought so for a while, and I'm not so sure that I still do or don't, although I, I go back to 1986 when Jack Nicklaus won at the age of 46, maybe right. being a bigger day. But as far as how this might affect the future of people playing golf, this was huge. I talked to Mike Spall this afternoon, and he, of course, g- agrees with what you said. I also thought Jack Nicklaus's win. I think Tom Watson, if he'd held on for the British Open a few years back, that would have been like that, similar, although not quite as cool because it was far away. But uh, I, Mike Spall thought 86 Nicklaus, which I remember, you probably remember. These guys, were you guys born? I was born in 86. I was probably a couple weeks old. Okay, so you might have seen it. Scott wasn't. <laughs> Scott was not born. I was so. not born yet. So anyway, it was great. It's our weekly update to let listeners know how old Scott and I are. Or how young we yeah. aren't. <laughs> More the point. But anyway. Continue, Bob. Okay, back to the point. Uh, Tiger was uh, such a huge deal because of how far he dropped. Let's be honest. If he was good all, all along... And maybe didn't win, win a major for several years, but was still good. I think all the trouble, all the off the course things that happened to him, crashed his car, got the had the eight iron taken the back of his uh, window, all that stuff. If that doesn't happen. We care, we still care, but we don't care as much. But this makes it such a America. Don't you agree? Loves a comeback story. We love somebody that's been so down. 
they come all the way back to the top. And I've always rooted for them. It's funny, a friend of mine, really good friend, can't stand them, hates them, always hated them, and sent me a text yesterday that says, I don't care, blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, 15 majors, that's enough said. That should be that should work for me. So. Well, Jack Nicholas said he's starting to get nervous now. <laughs> right. But there's right. a big difference between sitting on 14 and not having won a major in, in 11 years to getting number 15 right. and appearing to be back on top of your game, uh, coming back from everything that he came back from physically and personally. Right. you got to separate that a little bit. A lot of people don't like him because of right. uh, uh, him. Uh, his poor choices. Yeah, poor choices. And, and maybe he's alleviated all that. Only he knows that. But it appears that, you know, for a while there, when even when Tiger was winning, uh, you wouldn't see a lot of other players around, staying around late right. to congratulate right. him. Did you see what happened the other right. day? Right, Dustin Johnson, all those guys, great players themselves. Bernard Longer, hanging he, was, around. he was still around. Yeah, all the guys in green jackets were hanging around. They wanted to see him, talk to him, and congratulate him. But that's great. I thought the 18th green uh, scene with his kids, his mom, his girlfriend, mm-hmm. that was pretty cool and kind of... It made him seem human. It made him seem a lot better. I think he has to have changed, certainly. There's nobody could be as big as jerk as he was for a while and and maintain that with all the things he went through. He has to have seen the light some. I can't believe he hasn't. So I'm guessing he has. And I think that people are, at least I hope he has. How about that? I, I hope he's a better person than he was when he started winning a long time ago. What do you think, Scott? Well, I mean, beyond the personal comeback, because – Obviously, he had plenty of things happening to him off the course. The fact that a 43-year-old, what, two years removed from spinal fusion surgery just won right. the Masters is incredible. I mean, it shouldn't have happened. Right. And when you add in you know, that back trouble, plus you know, he's had knee trouble and, and all of that together, and now he, he's Tiger again. Right. And oh, Sunday was among the coolest things I've ever seen he, on TV. He, play, he played really well. He would have won probably in the tournament yesterday, and that's amazing. Now, can he do it? The next stop is the uh, PGA. Probably, of course, favors him. Those courses tend to. Uh, British Open, not sure. U.S. Open, going to be trickier for him. But I think, can he win three more, Ty Jack? I think so. That'd be awesome. I wanted, I wanted to go to 18. I wanted him to go to 18 and stop. That should be it. Tie with Nicholas, keep him there. That'd be my perfect scenario. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Let's go to the phones. And, Neil, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Um, I haven't heard about the Illinois guard. Is he going to declare for the NBA draft? Because I really haven't seen anything where they haven't looked that hard either. <laughs> well, um, I would assume who has not declared for the NBA draft you know, quite yet, but he has until Sunday. Uh, to do so. Uh, the 21st is the cutoff, so that gives him, what, six more days to, to make up his mind. Um, he's obviously putting some thought into this because, I mean, on, from the outside, it looks like a no-brainer. I mean, there, there's really no downside to putting your name in the NBA draft, but uh, I guess we'll just all wait and see. I mean, it, the only one that knows for sure is Io, and he has not spoken pub- publicly about it at all. You should ask him tonight at the banquet, Scott. I might. Hey, Scott, is it like the getting your credit score? Can it hurt to do it once yeah. in terms of the NBA? Can that be a problem or not? 
Well, I mean, I think the only thing that you know could hurt him potentially is say he gets an a invite to the combine and then just doesn't you know, perform, plays right. horribly okay. when they do five on five, okay, or maybe his measurements aren't great. But I don't see that happening. I think he's a competitor. Like I think he compete can compete with those guys, and I mean. He's obviously you know, got some good size at 6'5", long arms. Um, I mean, I think everyone knows he's not, like, the greatest athlete. I mean, he doesn't really play above the rim, but that's not a surprise at this point. So uh, I don't, there's really no downside, but maybe he's just fine with coming back for another year. If he develops, keeps going like he oh. is now, isn't he a first-rounder a year from now? Probably. I've seen a projection as high as number eight pick in the okay. 2020 draft. So, so he should stay, but go the – Go, declare for the draft, but come back. Seems logical. Probably. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back. I really wouldn't. Well, thanks for taking my call, and you guys have a great night. All thanks, right. Neil. Neil, we appreciate uh, the call. Let's go back to the uh, phone lines, and Carl is with us. Hey, Carl. Hey, how's it going? Good. Okay, uh, just as an aside, I don't think Bob can get could get his arms around Rod Smith. That guy's wow. big. Wow. Don't sit got a mean girl. Hey, Carl, you didn't call to say just that. What else is on your mind? Well, I was just thinking with the uh, with the thing about uh, the swe- coaches swearing and stuff, I can remember one time a guy was telling me he was glad that Ron Turner was allowing players to uh, swear at practice because Lou Tepper didn't let people be human and stuff, but I don't think it's necessary. I think Tepper showed that it wasn't necessary to swear at people. Lou Tepper had, you're right, Carl, he did not swear. He's very, very uh, low-key, low not low-key, but he's very uh, proper. Mm-hmm. But he got, hey, guys, and, and Carl remembers this, hey, guys in the step that could swear like like sailors. Not that sailors are bad and swear a lot. But he just could, a well-known phrase. They swear, you're right, they swore a lot. Uh, I'm thinking of Steve Bernstein was one. Mike Deal had put phrases together that he'd never heard by any other any other places. So he had some, he had some swears on the stuff. But I, it's funny because like Tupper rubbed off on some of his guys. Like Greg McMahon, he'll say, you know, he won't say anything that's a direct swear, but he kind of made up some. So they weren't real swear words, but they're kind of like sound like swear words. So that's kind of cool. And I again, I think that's a way. That most of us would like to be, or would like to see people be, but I know not everybody's like that. Okay, Carl. Okay. Anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Blue Henson, one of those guys that didn't swear didn't at swear you enough. either, but he could uh, wow. dress you down. Mean, Carl. Uh, he said one time to Robert Bennett with me there, Robert, why would he give you a scholarship? And then I was like, wow, okay. Because I thought Lou Henson's like this grandfatherly, nice, sweet man, which, which he is, of course. But when he wanted to make a point, he could make a point without swearing. I think that's a great lesson for people because you don't have to swear. I've realized over time, once you have kids, it doesn't do you any good. There's no reason to use those bad words when you can just use a similar word that kind of means the same thing but just doesn't have that tone or connotation. The four of us have not actually gotten together since that report came out on uh, Friday. Matt, what was your initial opinion? And now you've had a weekend to kind of dive into it. What are you thinking now? Yeah, it's no surprise that uh, Brad Underwood uses strong language and is very 
uh, emotional uh, on the sidelines. I think anyone that goes to an Illinois basketball game or watch an Illinois basketball game on, on TV uh, could see that in, in full display. And, um, you know, I don't know if the number of swear words he said in his second season went down from his first season, how much of an effect that Josh Whitman uh, the talk had with him. But, um, you know, it's just kind of a – I don't know, Scott Beatty and I talked about this a lot on, on Friday, Sports Talk, right after the the report came out. And, um, you know, college basketball coaches and college football coaches and professional coaches as well, uh, they use some very harsh language at times. And uh, they use it to try to make a point and get it to come across. And but that's whether not- that's... That's not breaking news. No, that's I mean, been going on for decades I, I and think upon the, decades. I think maybe the Forever. Uh, the athletes are changing. Oh, yeah. I, I think they're taking more ownership and, and they're speaking up more. Well, uh, that, but in my my thought was mm-hmm. they're not as tough as they used to be. That's and one. There's problem. so many different ways to blame somebody else. No, that's true. You know, I, Well, I'll just transfer. Yeah. You know, somebody made me get on the treadmill too much, so I'm I'm out of here. And I think it's too easy sometimes, Scott. What do you think about that? Well, I think too. And sorry to steal your thunder, Scott, as you're about to I was say poised, but no, go I ahead. I think man. one thing too with uh, Division One basketball players and football players these days is they get told how great they are from such an early age. Well, and they've been the man exactly. And with social media as widespread as it is, they they can just pull up their phone and see what everyone thinks about them before they get to college and I think um you know and you've had Josh Whitman on the last two uh, Saturdays on on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk but uh and he's he made a point that I, I agree with that, you know if if you're able to go through your freshman season and adapt to it and figure out everything that goes on in the college athletic scene and s- then stick around and then decide, that, you know, your sophomore, junior, if you want to transfer somewhere. I think that's a better scenario because l- your freshman year of college is a huge adjustment, even if you're not an athlete. There's so many changes going on, uh, so many things that are happening, and you're just getting acclimated to it along with, you know, being a Division One uh, athlete. So I think that makes some sense. And, um, you know, I don't think anything is going to come of this Brad Underwood in investigation. I could see the professor's point of view in terms of having an external investigation, but it seems that Illinois did everything that they wanted to, and you know this has been on, this has been completed for six months now, six seven months before it came out uh, on Friday. So by the time the season rolls around, the 2019-2020 season rolls around in November, I don't think many people are going to be paying much attention to it but i do the i think they'll be watching right under True. this year more than more so than maybe in the past years i think he got more scrutiny last year now we get more scrutiny this year again i think that's part of coaching well and the biggest thing has. too for brad underwood going into his third season in illinois the biggest thing that has to change is they have to start winning right simple if they don't start winning it doesn't matter how nice of a guy is how what he right says to players uh, away from practice or, you know, puts a comforting arm around their shoulder, whatever he does after he gets on at practice, you have to start winning games at, at some point. Scott, are you still in the poised position? Yeah, I've just been Sorry, waiting. Scott. <laughs> waiting <laughs> my turn. Patiently, though. Um, in the documentation released you know, with all uh, of the uh, investigation material, there were some phrases mentioned that, in my opinion, probably crossed a line. And it's 
it's I think there's there's a difference to me between you know yelling at a player you know for particular reasons but in a constructive way and there's one phrase in particular in that documentation that I mean, I, I, did, I just can't repeat on air. Yeah, I don't. That, that's not constructive, in my opinion. And I think that might have been part of the conversation Josh Wiseman had you know, with Brad Underwood uh, before you know, this investigation even happened was, you know, how to effectively communicate, you know, with your team. And maybe that, that played out a little bit you know, this past season. I, I'm not entirely sure, you know, how much it, it did, but yelling at players, getting in their face, Brad Underwood's not the only one that does it. But there, there's a line that you know can be crossed when it gets maybe a little too personal and not constructive. Because to yell just for yelling's sake doesn't help anyone. You are listening to Monday Night Sports Talk. Beautiful Monday almost in the books here at 527. We'll take a time out. We'll talk more about the Illinois football spring game that uh, took place Saturday afternoon at Memorial Stadium. We'll keep the phone lines open as well. And offensive coordinator Rod Smith will join us to talk more about that in just a moment. Stay with us here on DWS. Welcome back to the show. Monday night sports talk here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. This is Steve Kelly along with Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie with you until 6. Phone line is open 356 Nine three nine seven basketball banquet t- tonight, Scott. You're going to head over there shortly, but uh, not a bad time here to uh, talk a little bit about that. And if you have, we don't have a vote, but if we did, who would be your choice for MVP of this basketball team? The guy we just talked about. Uh, I would assume, yeah, that he'd be my pick. Although there's, I guess, no guarantee that they'll name a uh, team MVP because Brad Underwood did not do that um, and after his first season. Uh, didn't give out the Maddo uh, either, uh, but uh, so I guess we'll find out if they're gonna you know, have those award winners you know, this year. But for the this the entirety of the season, yeah, I think Kyle Desumo was their best player. And rookie of the year would be Georgie, right? If I'm doing it, or Io. Yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> saying, I'm saying you split them up. Oh, so okay, make yeah. make MVP Io MVP Georgie's is rookie of the year, and you get both guys satisfied. Which Always a good thing at the back, but I think he'd like to get a lot, lot of awards. So, I'd like to see him get back to the Matto Award. That was kind of a traditional thing. Yeah, and I think I'd like the Kenny Battle Award. Yeah, and I, I'd say there's a a fairly clear Matto winner, and that'd be right. uh, Demonte Williams, yeah, in my go. opinion. He uh, he does all the the little things. Cause he didn't score much again yeah, as a sophomore, but uh, plays good defense, takes charges. Dives on the floor for loose ball, so basically, you know, fits every criteria of the Maddo Award. We have basketball signing period. The spring signing period starts on Wednesday. They'll be looking for that uh, Kofi Cockburn signature. What else should we be on the lookout for? Anything shaken behind the scenes that you've heard? Well, they've got you know that commitment from Bernard Kuma, so mm-hmm. should have two players sign a- in the early period. And I would, I mean. All coaches push for the players to sign like as soon as humanly possible, uh, just to you know erase any doubt. But they, they do have almost a full month uh, of the early or the spring signing period, excuse me, to to sign if they want to. But I imagine they'll have both those guys uh, in the early going, and then uh, we'll see how else the, the roster shakes out. I'll go back and talk a little spring football. 
Spring game was uh, Saturday afternoon. Illini offensive coordinator Rod Smith is with us. Steve Kelly, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie. Rod, how you doing this afternoon? Hey, how are you doing? We're doing good. You've had a little bit of time, a day or so, day and a half, to uh, take a look at that uh, video from the spring game. Uh, you didn't appear to be especially happy right after the game, but uh, what are your thoughts now that you've had a chance to go through the tape? Well, you know, obviously <laughs> the competitive juices get flowing on you when you're in any type of game, whether it's a scrimmage, a game, or whatever. So you always want to win, and uh, you want that type of culture to pass down to your kids as well. So, you know, anytime they keep scoring, we're going to try to be competitive, and, you know, if you don't win, it's, you're not too happy about it. So we weren't happy with the outcome. Uh Knew we could have played better than we did on offense, but I think also a little, little bit of the outcome, the way the, the spring game ended up uh, being managed was part of it as well because they ended up being a tag football instead of a thud contest, so tends to lend advantage to the defense. Coach, is there a – this is Bob. Is there a uh, idea that you guys still might add some players between now and the start of this season? Oh, yeah, there's always a chance, absolutely. I mean, we're always looking to – to uh, do whatever we need to do to upgrade our football program, our football team. So that's always a possibility. And is quarterback an option or not? All positions are options. <laughs> so we have to wait and see what the, wait, who's available, who's out there, and, you know, try to kind of evaluate once we get to that point. But I'd say all positions are up for, uh, up, up for, uh, for looking at. Rod, this is uh, Matt Daniels. Speaking of uh, quarterbacks, how would you assess uh, how the quarterbacks played uh, on Saturday? Uh, we, I, you know, I, I thought we, we we played better than uh, we did Saturday. We, we, we there was too many misreads at times, uh, but at the same time, there were some good plays made as well. When you watch the film, you know you're never as bad as what you think you are, and you're never as good as what you think you are either. So you're somewhere in between, and that's exactly how it was on Saturday. So. You know, there were some things, there were some positive things that our guys made, did a good job. There were some things that we definitely need to get cleaned up, and uh, we addressed those today in, in, in meetings. Rod, this is Sky Ritchie. With the, the breakthrough that the, the running game you know, made last fall, what do you see as you know, necessary maybe for, the, for that passing game to you know, reach a, a similar level? Well, I just think that we got to continue to be able to run the ball successfully. You know, that's, first, that's first and foremost. Because I think all the pass game, throw game stuff, faith is, is directly correlated to how teams are playing you in the run. And then, you know, continue to develop the timing, the uh, consistency with our with our quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. And then, you know, that's a that's a continuous continuous process right now. Uh, and like I said before, I didn't expect it to be on show, you know, on point, crisp, and game ready by this by this spring. Uh, just want to see some progress, and we saw some progress. Throughout this spring, I'd like to see him a little bit more on Saturday. But at the same time, we had some guys out. Dominic Stampley was out. You know, there were some, there were some wideouts. Jordan Holmes, there were some wideouts that's had really good spring so far that actually had to sit out. So, uh, you know, it's, I, I think we've made some strides. I really do. And uh, we'll continue to keep getting better as we move into the summer phase here pretty soon. Coach, this is Bob again. After spring ball ends officially Thursday, What's next for you over the next, say, couple of weeks or the next month or so? What's What are you going to be doing specifically? Well, we put our recruiting shoes on and we hit the road. And uh, we're out visiting uh, uh, recruits all throughout the state, state of Illinois. And then also we'll go out of state uh, as well. And just uh, for the next month, month and a half, it's, it's nonstop recruiting. 
the 2020 class. And then uh, once that's over, then you jump right into to camp season. And uh, and so in June and and uh, all whole month of June, basically, you're in camps, traveling all over the place. We'll be in Lindenwood. We'll be down in Atlanta, Georgia. We're all over the place. So lot, 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 staying busy all the way through till July. Talking to uh, Illinois Offensive Coordinator Rod Smith for another couple of minutes. And uh, as you mentioned, it's kind of a game of touch football in a way. But uh, your offensive linemen still have to block and pass protect and all that. Give me your thoughts on what you saw from the O-line. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And, and you know, there was like I said, at times we did some good things. At times the defense got after us. And I think that's just because our defense has gotten better. They really have. And, and it's no slight to them at all. It's, you know, I thought those guys did a good job, of, of particularly on pass rushes, of collapsing the pocket at times. And so fundamentally we got to get better at certain things. Uh, up front, which I know Coach McLean's working on with him today, and uh, as far as going over things, and our guys saw it. Our guys have did a good job throughout the spring. You know, I'm not going to let one game be indicative, particularly when it's a, you know, when you tap when you tap somebody, they're down. But at the same time, there are some things that we need to make sure we get corrected moving forward. And uh, but I think what happened this spring was, I think both sides got better. I think the defense got much better, and I think we got better as well. Um, just wish we could have showed it more on Saturday. Rod, a lot of uh, attention uh, once you guys break for, for training camp this summer is going to be placed on uh, Isaiah Williams, the incoming freshman quarterback out of the St. Louis area. How often have you been communicating with him since he signed in December, and, and what are you doing to help his transition so once he arrives on campus this summer, it's not like he's a deer in the headlights at all? Yeah, well, me, me, and, me and Isaiah are uh, in, in constant contact. Uh, you know, we talk, we talk weekly. And, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, always asking questions, always studying what we're doing and uh, trying to prepare mentally as much as he can before the summertime gets here. So when he does come in, he's got an understanding of what we're trying to do, uh, formations, route packages, all those type of things. He's, he's studying as much as he can. He tries to get up and get to as many practices as scrimmage as he can. And, uh, he's, you know, he's a student of the game, and, you know, he's trying to take it all in as much as possible. He's... You know, he sees the good, he sees the bad, and I think obviously what he's trying to do is just get himself as mentally and physically ready as he can by the time he gets here in the summertime. Well, obviously, I mean, Isaiah's maybe the most talked about incoming freshman, but are there some other guys from that class that you see you know, having the potential to, to come in and you know, impact this team right away? Oh, absolutely. I think you always have guys who can come in and impact you, particularly a skill position, you know, when you can add some guys with some size, some speed, some guys like Kyron Cumby, you know, Casey Washington, you know, will definitely add us some some speed and athleticism, some size to our wide receiver core, you know. And then obviously, hopefully, you can bring in a couple grad transfers to, to bolster it as well. Um, and then, uh, you know, from that standpoint, you can bring you talk about the running backs. Running backs are probably the deepest room we have, and uh, you know, at the same time, so. Probably don't expect as much there from a young guy. Have a chance to really set him, develop him. Tight ends, those guys, once again, will get a chance to come in and compete against a couple guys who I think had a pretty good spring, but it's a good good opportunity for them guys, for, for uh, Griff and those guys to come in and see what they can do. Coach, are you worried about Luke Ford's situation at all? You figure you're going to have him. No, I'm not I'm not worried at all um, because it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I feel confident that the NCAA will do the right thing. And, uh, you know, Luke's got his extenu- extenuating circumstances with his family and they want the opportunity to get back close to home. 
there's people who have transferred for a lot less than what Luke Ford's transfer reasons are. Coach, so, you know, I, I feel very confident that, that Luke will be hopefully ready to, ready to go. And if something happens, they don't, then we'll take whatever steps we need to. But I feel confident that he'll be there for us. He'll be ready to go in the fall. Hey, Coach, remind me where your son Alex is going to go play next year. Yeah, he's going to West Liberty University, which is in the state of West Virginia, the great state of West Virginia. <laughs> and uh, Biased. You can bias yeah, there. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But, no, it's Division two school. And uh, in, in the Wheeling area, uh, Wheeling, West Virginia area, in a really good football. It's actually the same conference that I played in when I was in college as well, just a different school. He's a legacy. Uh, Rod, I know football's consumed, obviously, a lot of time this spring, but did you get a chance to uh, to watch the Masters yesterday and see what Tiger did? Well, actually, my, 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 my me and my wife and my daughter and my father were out. We, went, we, we, we stopped at Giordano's yesterday at the, to uh, – Introduced my father to some Chicago style pizza, <laughs> which, which he thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, and while we were at Giordano's, we had, we got a chance to watch the last round of the matches and watch Tiger win it. So it was fun. Hey, Rob, we appreciate your time. One one final question: With in most cases, a lot of times the spring game usually signifies the end of spring ball. But you've got uh, two or three practices yet on the schedule this week after the spring game. Uh, what are you trying to get done this week? Yeah, well, we're just trying to clean some things up, that uh, which I kind of like is, you know, after your spring game that, okay, well, there's some things we need to work on. And, I, and I'm glad because we need a, we need a couple of days to kind of clean up some things that, that I wasn't real happy about, but at the same time to build on some of the good things that were happening as well. So it's not all negative. It, it's both positive. But we want to make sure we clean up some things that need to t- be tended to before we break for summer. Hey, we appreciate your time. Thanks. Hey, appreciate you guys. Y'all take care. Have a great one. You too. Rod Rod Smith, Illinois Offensive Coordinator, with us here on Monday Night Sports Talk at 544. We'll take a time out and be back with more. Phone line is open, 356-9397, if you'd like to join us. Welcome back to Monday Night Sports Talk. We've got another... 13 or 14 minutes. If you'd like to jump in, 356-9397. Bob Osmussen is here. Matt Daniels on the baby watch, but still spending time with us. That is correct, Steve. Uh, Wednesday morning, wife is set to be induced, so uh, later this week we will add our third child to uh, our family. For three months, months we're going to have three under the age of four, so... I came up with a name for him. Yeah, you did, Bob. I think we should do it. No. Go ahead. You, you can, you can ask say wife? it. Spalding? I didn't ask the wife, no. <laughs> because then not. you can say you're going to get nothing to like it all the time. It'd be <laughs> awesome. It'd be the greatest name ever. I wish I'd done that with Hank instead of Hank, but oh well. <laughs> Too late. Scott Ritchie is with us as well. Not. I don't know Not how you segue. Sure. I don't know how you segue out of that, Steve. No, good I'm luck. trying. Easy. <laughs> I was going to say Scott's trying to figure out what Bob just said. <laughs> No, it's a Caddyshack. I know, I, I, I know that, but maybe most people don't. I don't yeah. know. Everybody One of the greatest films in American movie history. I think a top three. It's right. terrific. Top three. And you can't see it too many times, and if you're flipping and it comes on, you just stay there and watch it. At least I do. Who knew Ted Knight was so funny? I always liked him, but not that much. I loved him that movie. There's another one like that because I'm I'm a big golf fan, but uh, 
when Tin Cup is on. I always, I, oh yeah, I know every line to the movie, and I know what happens and all that, and I know it's virtually impossible to keep hitting three woods onto a green <laughs> and, and backing them up into the water, even though he does it every time. But DA points told me one time he loved that movie except that part. Yeah, he said that's not realistic. The ball is never going to backwards, and he's right. And you know that, of course, too. It's going to go forward, right? It's going to hit and spring forward, never yeah. go backwards. So even if the green is sitting tilted, it's more likely with a with a three wood. You're not going to spin it back, right? But what oh, the heck? Well. As I was watching the Masters yesterday, and I wasn't, and I watched virtually all of it, but I wasn't rooting for anybody in particular. And even when it got to the back nine, and uh, Molinari started to give it back a little bit. I really can't say that I was rooting for Tiger or rooting against him. I was kind of just looking at the magnitude of what this could be. There's a lot of guys I, I wouldn't have mind seeing win. Brooks Kepke is one. Um, when uh, Ricky Fowler got close, yeah, he's, he's not one of major. I like him. You don't like Ricky? I like all of them. I wanted American Except. to win. I wanted American to win, but I wanted Tiger the American to win. Yeah. That was my rooting. No I like all of them, though. I do. I mean, but was, how about this? Steve Storker's in there, or DA points, or somebody from Illinois. Probably rooting for them over Tiger, but everybody else rooting for Tiger. Well, I think the this is a moment that I think we'll look back on in 20, 25 years down the road as kind of a seminal sports moment. You're going to remember what you were doing, right. who you were with, what unfolded that day. Uh, I know I was in here in the office on Sunday morning and was kind of working on Monday section, and the plan was for Scott's story on Virgis Brown to lead Monday's cover on the sports section, and even if Tiger won, we were going to put on the cover, but it wasn't going to be the lead. Well, then I I was following it here for a little bit, and then I went home, and I was able to watch about the final hour or so and just saw the magnitude of the moment and just how he – not only how he played so exceptional, I mean, the shots he were hitting were just, it was vintage Tiger, but just also the way he came back, too. I mean, this is the first major he's won where he didn't either have the lead going to the final round or didn't even share the lead. He, he came back from, from two strokes down. So then I quickly kind of came to my senses and said, okay, I'm, Scott wrote a really good story about Vers Brown. No offense to Vers Brown. You should all check it out at LionHQ.com, the, the Chicago native uh, switching positions from defensive line to offensive line, but just the moment of it and just also just the the celebration that ensued after because tiger really kept his cool and his composure throughout he didn't he didn't see any of those signature fist pumps although maybe if he went back and reached for one his back might have something bad might have happened there but it was cool to see him just let loose there at the end and um it was just a, an incredible moment and i think one that sports fans all across the country all across the world that were able to see it will uh, we'll definitely remember every major from here on got better because of that because we all were kind of waiting to see if this could happen. Now that it happened, it's like the Cubs win the World Series. Mm -hmm. Now the Cubs yeah. fans think they're going to win every World Series. I'm sorry, guys, it's not going to happen. But every, now we think Tigers are going to win every major. And I'm going to watch every major more closely now because of him. Well, yeah, and, and what, the PGA Championships next month now? Soon. Yeah. Right, mm -hmm. because it's not at, the, at August like it usually has been. It's the second one on, on the schedule, and you got that coming up. And uh, then the U.S. Open, at, at, which is at Pebble Beach, which uh, if awesome. you think back to 2000 when he had that dominant win at the U.S. Open. So it, it's just going to create a ton of interest now for the sport, and it's really, you know, in the last 24 hours just revitalized golf. And this is what it was like at the height of – Tiger Mania, but it's it's a different 
chapter just because of everything that he's gone through and how he's come out of it on the other side. And, um, you know, he mentioned yesterday in his press conference, too, that he didn't think he could even, a couple of years ago, he could hardly even walk or get up. And, well, he's and had four back surgeries, including that back fusion. Mm-hmm. Just that sounds of, bad. A couple of years ago where he couldn't even play with his kids or mm-hmm. get in and out of the car and things like that. So he, he even wondered out loud to some of his inner circle, including a U of I graduate, Mark Steinberg, about whether or not he'd ever be able to play again, let alone win. Another thing that made it so enjoyable in my mind yesterday was because of impending weather, they made the decision on Saturday mm-hmm. to... Uh, to move the tee times earlier and play threesomes instead of twosomes. Mm-hmm. And so you had all that action. You had the, the guys a little bit further down on the back nine starting. So you had all that action compressed into it. It was done at 1 o'clock. She does that every year now. Every year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like the British Open is always down by one. That was really cool. You're right. That was made a lot better. And I was lucky because I was watching tape coverage of Saturday, and Jim Nance at the end said, by the way, we're gonna, we're going to play earlier tomorrow. So I got up and I felt awful Sunday morning, and it's getting ready to go to church, and I'm like, I don't think I can make it. And I said, I'll turn the TV on, and see what's going on in the Masters, and it was just starting, and it was like, best decision ever was to watch the Masters. And Scott, how about the guy that put eighty five thousand dollars on fourteen to one odds of uh, Tiger winning the Masters out in Las Vegas? He took a home a cool one point two. Was that you? <laughs> yeah. Well, one, I don't think I had 85K uh, to, to bet on Tiger, but... Two, I don't think you'd be here if you did that. Well, I, I mean, a million's not what it used to be. Right. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, right here now on oh, the show. Yeah. You wouldn't have seen me for a few days. <laughs> the, the celebration for that would have been substantial. But that's... Uh, I was regretting not putting money on Tiger at 14 to 1. Sure. Like, seems kind of odd that we wouldn't do that, right? I mean, it seems... Like not a long shot to me. It's pretty uh, no, because he'd been he'd been better. in the mix for majors here in the right. last year or so. Um, and the Masters, if he's going to win any major, is going to be that one because right. he knows every inch of that course. And it's the course is maybe more set up for his type of game to I succeed. Think, but think golf is one hundred percent better when Tiger is Tiger. When he's Eldrick, it's not nearly as exciting. <laughs> couple of notes here. Uh, Illinois baseball won two games yesterday in Minnesota. They lost the third today. Kind of a strange ending. Yeah, lost uh, 5-4 uh, at Minnesota, so they didn't get the, the sweep uh, of the Gophers. Uh, they're up 4-1 to one through uh, through six innings. Minnesota uh, scored two runs in the seventh, made it 4-3, and then uh, bases were loaded in the, the bottom of the eighth, and uh, there was one out, and uh, Nathan Lavender, uh, Illinois reliever, was on to pitch, and Threw an inside fastball, I think it was what it was, and uh, looked like it hit the knob of the bat on the Minnesota batter uh, and rolled into fair territory, but only then did the home plate umpire signify that it was a hit-by-pitch, which was the ruling that stood. So bases loaded, drove and run, made it 4-4, and then Minnesota scored the eventual uh, game-winning run on a fielder's choice later that inning. So Illinois wins two out of three in that series nonetheless. Moving up on 555, need to take one final break. Back with some final words after this. About a minute before the six o'clock hour, Scott Ritchie going to the basketball banquet. You'll have complete coverage later on this evening and tomorrow morning, I'm sure. Yeah, and all you, you need to know. From and then the, you get to go to Gordyville on Tuesday night. I just, I've got a full week ahead with NCAA championships for men's gymnastics here in Champaign. 
signing period starts on Wednesday. So we appreciate you keeps starting the week with us. Always. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Thank you, Scott. Bob. Sure. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Matt. No problem. Appreciate you listening on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks to Ed Bond for his help on uh, the production of this show. And we'll talk to you again next week on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. For the rest of the guys, I'm Steve Kelly. Have a good night, everybody.